Welcome back to Choosing Life. I'm Emma. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Abigail. Today I will be talking with Lisa Nilsson and her experiences with pregnancy. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. So first I would like to ask you to just tell your story. Okay. Um... It's difficult to know exactly where to begin. Um, I uh, have three children, but between my second and third baby, I had a stillborn child. Um, at the time, my uh, youngest baby was less than a year, and my older daughter was two. And so um, I went in uh, at 11 weeks to have an ultrasound with my first two, we didn't do ultrasounds that early. We did it, I think, at 19 weeks. and But now the technology had changed, and my doctor said, you know, do you want to come in at 11 weeks for an ultrasound? And, of course, I wanted to. I was excited about it. And as we were going in there, I remember my husband saying, why are we doing this? And I'm like, what do you mean? We just want to get a check of the health of the child. And he said, no, but really, why are we doing this? Why do we want to know? Why do we care? And I'm, I was actually annoyed with him. Like, what do you mean? I want to know. I just want to know. But now looking back, um, after I had the ultrasound, knowing that it wasn't good, I realized, you know, what, why did we even know, want to know at that point? So anyway, we went in for the ultrasound and um, found out that the baby was not developing normally. Um, the lymph fluid that... Um, is created usually has channels that take lymph fluid to different parts of the body and the channels to deliver the fluid was was not developing so the fluid was all building up um, in the neck area of the baby um, and so they said well you know the baby's still alive it's not developing well um, probably won't make it to term and so at the time and of course it's shocking, right? I already had two babies. The pregnancies were super easy. The deliveries were easy. They were easy babies. I just thought I hadn't had any problems. So this was really, I don't even know how long it took for it to sink in, right? But um, they said that they, you know, could make arrangements for us to meet with someone about termination. And I didn't even know what they were, were referring to at that time, really. I, it didn't sink into me that you know they were talking about terminating the pregnancy mm -hmm. um, so I don't know when it dawned on me I still remember walking out of there to the car and then then understanding what my husband was talking about like why do we want to know because if what if it's bad are we gonna do anything about it and so um, that's when it hit me like, yeah, why did we do this? Because now I, I wish I didn't know. Yeah. Now that I know, <laughs> I wish I didn't know. Yeah. But um, I grew up in a really um, very religious home, and I had always been against abortion. I, I had always thought abortion was a very bad idea. Mm -hmm. um, but I had never stopped to think about the person, the actual individuals in the situation yeah. until that happened, right? Um, but I didn't really ever consider actually terminating the baby. I think it was actually made easier for me because the um, description that they gave me of the disorder that the baby had was pretty bad. And so I believed 
from then that the baby would not survive, but I didn't want to be the one to terminate it. Yeah. So, um, and they told me, they said, if this baby does survive and make it to term, um, he won't live long. Um, and then, you know, in my mind, I think maybe if every moment that he does live will be painful, probably. Yeah. They said because his heart is not developing fully, his lungs are not developing. We, we, I say, hey, we didn't know at the time if it was a boy or a girl. And um, actually, we found out uh, later that it was a boy. Um, so now when I say he, that's why I'm saying he. But at the time, um, we went home and I just rented a um, heart monitor so I could check the baby's heart rate every night. And I just said, okay, once a day, I'm going to check the baby's heart rate before I go to bed. And so I found out at 11 weeks that he wasn't developing well and he died at 18 weeks. So for seven weeks, I checked the babies for a heartbeat every night. And then finally one night there wasn't one. And so it was sad, but yet I was thankful that this child wouldn't have a life of pain. Yeah. Like every day of his whole life would be painful. I was thankful that that happened. I was thankful that I wasn't the one to terminate the pregnancy. I was, in a weird way, I was thankful for just the way it all happened. Yeah. Um, and... When you found out that the pregnancy wasn't viable and the doctor recommended abortion, was that something that you even considered? Like, what was your initial reaction to hearing that, like, that he was recommending abortion? Like, how did you feel about that? Um, I did feel like they recommended mm -hmm. abortion. They offered termination services or termination information. Mm -hmm. Um, they said that every time I went in because after that time at 11 weeks I went in for a couple more ultrasounds it seems like every three weeks I would go in for another one um, and then that was mentioned every time yeah. and I never had to say to them stop talking to me about that yeah. or no absolutely not I just said okay thanks I don't think that's what we're going to be doing mm -hmm. um, but it was clear that um in their experiences, normally with this type of situation, someone would terminate the pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and, but, but they were kind to me. Yeah. No, nobody said, hey, lady, you're crazy. <laughs> but um, that, it, was, it was okay. I yeah. mean, it, maybe it was just a little bit awkward, but it's awkward. The whole thing is awkward. Like, yeah. I have this life that's growing in me, and I'm planning on it not living. Yeah. That's just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what, like, solidified your decision that you were going to keep the baby and you were just going to allow whatever happened to happen? Like, what really solidified your decision in that? Probably my upbringing. Yeah. You know, my, my parents are very staunch, Christian, biblical, um, um, you know, I have become, I have evolved to my own person like we were talking about before. I don't believe everything that they believe, but actually I do a lot. A lot of what my parents taught me, I just end up thinking, you know what, that actually was a good idea. And so, you know, it's interesting in parenting, I think a lot of times teenagers and 20-somethings change their opinion mm -hmm. a little bit, but when you really start living life and looking back, you're like, yeah, you know what, I think I'll go with the way I was raised. 
Which will be tricky for you. <laughs> you can't, can't wait to see. <laughs> I, anyway, you're such a smart girl. I'm sure you'll research everything. But I, I just never really, I, I believed the child would not survive, mm-hmm. and so that made it easier. If I believed the child would survive, but um, be on a heart monitor every moment, yeah. or be severely disabled in a vegetative state or something like that, that would have made it really difficult Mm -hmm. for me to decide. But I didn't believe that. I thought this pregnancy will end before nine months. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for telling me your story. I appreciate it. You're welcome. This interview clearly demonstrates that people don't have the power to take life and that we shouldn't have the power to take life because life is in God's hands. It's in his dominion. It also shows that abortion infringes on God's sovereignty. In this interview, we can clearly see that the woman recognized this and decided not, like she decided to leave everything in God's hands because she recognized his sovereignty over her life. Thank you for listening and join us next time as we continue our interview series. See you next time on Choosing Life.